This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. We have a long, long list of a gazillion stories for this week because like 27 things happened in the past five minutes. Yeah. Well, as always. I'm on my third caffeinated beverage of the day. <laughs> Speaking of which, I went to the grocery store and I found Diet Wild Cherry Pepsi and I, I was the happiest swear person. I to God, I've ever every been. time I've gone to a store, I have checked for you because the that, same things happen my that's we, like toilet paper that stuff is sold out and they don't make it anymore or something i don't know what's going on because i can't find caffeine free coke either which yeah, is no all the special type it's like regular diet regular coke and nothing else and it's inf- so i grabbed all of them yesterday <laughs> yeah in world war ii women were drawing lines in the back of their legs so they wouldn't use nylon and we're like gotta hoard diet cherry that, wild pepper i make sacrifices for the world <laughs> <laughs> so brave. I know. Let's start with this thing with AOC because it does involve religion. So the backstory here for those who somehow missed it is that according to a report from The Hill, a publication in Congress uh, that covers Congress, um, there was a conversation that took place in the hallways between Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the very progressive Democrat, mm-hmm. and Representative Ted Yoho of Florida, who is retiring at the end of this year and basically a longtime conservative. And the report basically said that after they walked away from their confrontation, Yoho uttered the words, she's an effing bitch. I'm sorry, are we not swearing on our podcast anymore? I guess we can, right? Yeah, Yeah. she's a fucking (laughs) bitch. And this was caught by a reporter. And basically, he kind of denied it, but not really. And then he kind of apologized, but he didn't. Um, And part of his quote-unquote apology said this, I cannot apologize for my passion or my loving or for loving my God, my family and my country as if one, as if anyone was talking about his passion Two, as if anyone was bringing up God, like we were attacking him for being uh, Catholic, which no one was. And then she delivered a follow-up response yesterday, which if you haven't had a chance to watch that video, it It was good. It is really good uh, because it's basically, she wrote a political, ad for the next several years to be used against any Republican since no one's uh, taking her side on this, basically. No one's saying, yep, my colleague's a jerk. Forget him. Uh, But anyway, I was just, I was shocked by the way he brought up God in his apology as if we should all forgive him because he's a religious person. Right. Um, I'm sorry, one more part of this is that he actually belongs to an organization uh, that is, he belongs on the board of a Christian group. It's called Bread for the World. And bread? this is a bread. Okay. It is a Christian run nonprofit that actually tries to end hunger by directly lobbying the government to take action on that front, which, cool. all right, fine. I don't have a problem with that. Ted Yoho is on the board of that. And after this little incident over the past couple of days, Bread for the World released a statement that said we're deeply concerned about Representative Yoho's verbal attack and (laughs) what we and others perceive to be his non-apology. 
<laughs> they said they were concerned that his behavior in the past few days does not reflect the values of respect and compassion that Jesus calls on us to exhibit every day. Wow. But before they do anything about it, they've sought an opportunity to speak with him about the incident, which is weird. I don't know what he's going to tell them in person that he already hasn't said because the apology was public, even if the statement in question was in private and you have to take the reporter's word for it. We mm-hmm. all saw the quote unquote apology and that was bad. So I, I think, don't know what they expect from him. I think there are witnesses in, in addition to that reporter. I yeah, think there are other people right. around. Yeah. Um, boy, oh boy, was this a wild news cycle. Um, first of all, I think my parents did not raise me to accept abuse from men is going to be our generations. I know, I know Jack Kennedy. I worked with Jack Kennedy. You sir know Jack Kennedy. Like, honestly, I think that's going to be. Yeah. It, she had a line in there. Like my father's not alive to, to thankfully to yeah. watch you oh abuse me like this, but my mother is, and she saw it and I'm here to show her. I'm and she said, I saw, she saw it. Uh, she had to see me being abused on the news. And I was like, yeah. Ooh, it's, I, like, I get that she's the boogeyman for the right, but I don't know how you watch that and kind of defend the other guy here because she didn't say anything mm-hmm. that was, uh, like, too far to the... I don't know how you accuse her of taking this out of context or politicizing it when it's pretty much a mild statement in response, even though it was a really strong one. Like, she seems to have played this perfectly, Whereas, and this guy has nothing to fall back on right now. Right. It will never, I I think the hypocrisy of the right will never stop shocking me, which I know is like a woefully naive statement at this point. But um, just the idea of the shouts of of decorum that we always hear from the right. And then like, (laughs) this is the shit they say, like fully in public too. Like, don't get it twisted. I have called people a fucking bitch in my day, but A, I'm not a Congress congressional representative, and B, I didn't say it in front of a fucking reporter. Like yeah. there is a I there is and by a the way, you know what they were arguing about that raised that? I think they were talking about uh, how AOC brought up the fact about crime in New York City, which she represents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was basically saying poverty plays a role in that because some people are like, Well, I don't have any food because of the way the pandemic pandemic is being handled i don't have a job right now mm-hmm. and maybe they resort to like stealing something because they're trying to feed their families i think that was the conversations he said they were having the argument he was bringing up like how dare you bring that up i was raised poor too or something yeah. and that resulted in him calling her a bitch yeah i i think it's really interesting when the idea of if somebody makes a mistake, it really only matters what color they are because people make mistakes all the time. Can, you know, political figures cheat or lie or whatever. And that's all just, you know, humans are flawed. We're all born of sin. But if a black person in a poor neighborhood gets busted for stealing because they have no other way of getting income then that person is inherently evil. Like mm-hmm. it's it, like, it's, it's so racist that it almost feels like a too obvious as, of an example <laughs> of, of, um, of racism. And it's, it's similar. There's a thing trending on Twitter. That's like, what's trashy if you're poor or oh, yeah. if you're uh-huh. rich and yeah. you know, like having 
multiple having children with multiple partners having you know getting (laughs) subsidies from the government all of this stuff that it you know cheating on your spouse if somebody who's poor does it they're immoral and wayward and and inherently bad but if a you know republican senator cheats on his spouse well you know it's everybody's mistakes yeah exactly it's the the margin for error that people of color live within is absurd my favorite example on that list uh being bilingual being bilingual is a good one too yeah such a good one oh um not to change just because there's a gazillion things here. Yeah. I wanted to talk about let uh, I'm trying to debate whether I want to do a happy story or a bad one and they're they're all a bad one. I've got a good mat on. Um we've talked about Arkansas State Senator Jason Rapert before. He's the guy who puts the 10 commandments statue monument in front of the state capitol building. I never guy. thought I would know the name of a Arkansas <laughs> state senator off the top of my dome like this. Go. I barely know Illinois state senator. <laughs> He's running for lieutenant governor in 2022. He's announced oh. this. He'll probably be running alongside Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That's his future. Oh, um, that anyway, ticket is cursed. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, uh, interesting thing about him is, uh, unlike a lot of other Republicans, he's been relatively good about saying people should wear masks, mm-hmm. like for months now. Uh, hasn't said don't do it, like he said do it. But this week, Arkansas finally got around to a mask mandate. Took him long enough. Uh, but this week, they finally did a statewide mask order. You have to wear it if you're going in a public space. And he opposed that. He's like, how dare the government tell you to wear a mask? You shouldn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing. Number two is that about two weeks ago on Sunday, he was preaching at a church in Missouri. And it was a giant indoor service with what? no masks. There's video of it. Like, no one's wearing a mask. He's right up there talking. Well, guess what happened to him? Wait, he got COVID? He got COVID. He is currently in the hospital with COVID. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. It's okay, a- I'm going to be honest. I'm shocked that it was him who got it because I feel like in these stories, it is somebody with power doing something reckless and then the little people pay, yeah, yeah. paying for it. No, so, it's on Facebook, it said he is in the hospital after being diagnosed with pneumonia and yeah. testing positive for COVID-19. He's responding well to treatment, dot, dot, dot. He said, we've all been doing our best to wear a mask, social distance, and be careful like everyone else, which is not true. I have the video evidence of him preaching at a church. Yeah. Um, but he said the virus is serious and can attack anyone regardless of age or general health, blah, blah, blah. Like, I hope he gets better because I'm not evil, but... Also, what did he think was going to happen if you go to a church where they don't take precautions? Um, okay, can I be perfectly honest and say that it is so much worse that he is somebody who's like, yeah, 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 I wore the mask, I social distanced, and I still got it, even though we know that he didn't do those things because all that's that doing is lending major time, right? Yeah. And so yeah. all that's doing is lending credence that, well, masks don't work. Social distancing doesn't work. So let's just, I don't know, go have a big party at the nearest <laughs> bar. Like, I think that's so much worse than like, this guy has been reckless the whole time with his health and others health. And now 
he's caught the thing that we told him he was going to catch. Yeah. Like, I think this is well, the worst case scenario. Yeah, well, I mean, he caught it, and I, I have seen word getting around today of people pointing out the fact that he preached at a service without masks, and that's becoming part of the narrative, so good. That's He's good. not being talked about as the guy who defended masks and wore it. He's mm-hmm. being written about correctly as the guy who preached at a church that ignored them completely, and he's being reported as the guy who opposed the statewide mask mandate. So he's a Republican. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it's it's fine. Um, I am curious what happens right now. The Ten Commandments lawsuit to take down the monument he put up there, the Christian only monument that has been delayed, not because of his hospitalization, but because of COVID in general. Uh, so that hasn't been resolved yet. But uh, I just, of course, it happened because he went to a church and didn't do the things he was right. supposed to do. Um, different story. This one's this one kind of surprised me. Uh, it came out of nowhere this morning. Uh, there is a group called Democrats for Life, an anti-abortion group. And this morning, uh, a letter from the organization signed by a hundred of their activists, anti-abortion activists, they sent a letter to the Democratic National Party the Democratic National Committee. I'm paraphrasing. They basically said, we know you're going to write your platform in the coming weeks because the the convention's going to be happening soon. Uh Um, And we want you to be less pro-abortion. And I'm going to try to be generous to them before I rip them apart. (laughs) But basically, here's what they said. The Democratic Party wants to get rid of the Hyde Amendment, which says no federal funding for abortion. The Democratic Party says, no, to hell with that rule. It's a bad rule. Let's overturn that. It's been in place for too long. Mm -hmm. They said, don't do that. So that's one thing. They said, we, I'm quoting here, we urge you to reject a litmus test on pro-life people of faith seeking office in the Democratic Party. Ooh, did you hear that sneak in pro-life people of faith? Yeah, well, most we can have any bad opinion if it's backed up by faith. (laughs) Most of the people signing this particular letter are Christians. So I don't I'm not bothered as much by that because they are coming from a place of that. So they're talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. But uh, basically, they're saying, look, when you appoint, if you get elected, Biden gets elected and they're thinking about Supreme Court justices. Biden has said, I'm going to make sure they are uh, pro-choice because that's what Republicans are doing. We're going to make sure they hate abortion. They're Mm -hmm. not even going to be considered if they're not against abortion. And so Biden is saying, fine, then we're going to make sure they're pro-choice before we even consider them. And they're saying, don't do that. Don't have that litmus test. Um, So that's another thing they were saying. And you know what? They can say whatever they want. Yes. Just as I can say, fuck clean off with that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And uh, among the many, many problems besides just their stance, which obviously we disagree with, but their letter repeatedly quotes the Bible to open up with as if anyone cares or as if that should be the basis for public policy. It compares abortion to slavery. No. It references North Korea. No. uh, (laughs) <laughs> and by the way, it even says many of the signers are not even Democrats. They say that. Like, many of us are Democrats. Well, that's not making the time. point you think you're making, right? bud. <laughs> like, you're the last people we should listen to. But even strategically, here, if in the best case scenario from their perspective, they're saying, look, you need our votes. This is probably going to be a close election. 
And in order to not alienate the whatever four pro-life Democrats who are yeah. out there, like you should adopt some of these positions so you don't. This is what I couldn't finish the sentence. So you don't what? Who are these people who are like, well, I was going to vote for Biden, but he's pro-choice. Therefore, to hell with the country. Let another hundred forty thousand people die of covid because like, what are you going to do? I mean, I don't doubt that there are single-issue voters out there, especially when it comes to abortion rights. But, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. The hypocrisy of these people who might say, well, if Biden's too pro-choice, I'm going to go ahead and support the worst people ever because Donald Trump appoints anti-abortion everything. Right. you don't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. So you're the last people anybody in the Democratic side should be catering to. Yeah, I mean, I think that this has sort of laid bare the the, the true hypocrisy of the pro-life movement, no matter what side of the aisle they're on. Because if because we are <laughs> the other thing I, I've seen around is like y'all went from all lives matter to no lives matter really quick. Like <laughs> Against Republicans, right? They tout this very um, loving. Oh, we're we love babies, I guess, or we're we're so pro life. We believe in the sanctity of life. We believe life is precious. But we can see, we've seen for decades, right? In their policies, they do not actually support anything of the sort. But now we're watching people die by the hundreds of thousands, and they are still kind of banging the drum of of anti-abortion shit, even though full-on human beings who have like nervous systems and shit are dying. I, I think <laughs> I, I think no matter how you feel about abort- abortion, you cannot. I, I would be shocked if somebody tried to justify like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that abortion is a bigger risk to any given person than COVID right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they cared about preserving life, they, you know, they could very easily say, we wish you would do this. But we also understand that the Democratic Party in protecting abortion rights, which we disagree with, it also means providing affordable health care to people and free and accessible contraception and childhood education and a path out of poverty like and all of that helps lower abortion rates. So we agree with you on that and we're going to urge our side to vote for you and then whatever after Biden's in office we're going to do our part to persuade people we're right. That's a that's at least understandable I could see from their perspective, but of course they didn't say any of that. Um I w- I'm looking at some numbers right here. Do you know off the top of your dome Hammond um hmm. how me- what percentage of Democrats are identified as atheist as atheists or, or nuns. So nuns. Nuns. Uh, probably 30 to 40 somewhere. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, I'm looking at a, uh, Pew, uh, Pew center, f- uh, story from June this past June. And so you said 30%. So are roughly nuns. are nuns. Roughly half of that, 17%, believe abortion should be illegal in all cases. Or, excuse me, illegal in any cases. So illegal in most cases is 11. Illegal in all cases is 6. So they think that we're going to bend over backwards to court 
possibly 17%, the maximum of 17% of the Democratic vote when we, as you frequently point out, are not courting the non-believer quote, which is... Yeah, which is a much bigger size. And also, uh, where are... I want to know, those 17% or whatever, if are they going to vote for Republicans? Because then they don't have any principles on this matter anyway, so who cares? But also, like, being... What I don't get about this letter is they think that being pro-choice is the extremist position. And that, to me, makes no sense. This is an actual line from their letter. We urge you to end the explicit support in your platform. This is to the DNC, not Biden. To end the explicit support in your platform for abortion extremism, such as... Give it a second. What do you think their example is of abortion extremism? Abortion on demand is what they like to say. Taxpayer-funded abortion. That's it. That's it. That's it. We urge you to end the explicit support in your platform for abortion extremism, such as taxpayer-funded abortion in America and overseas. Like, Ugh, God, God, these people worship fetuses and they don't give it. I mean, I know it's an old joke. They like the George Carlin joke is if you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. Right. That's the joke about the pro-life hypocrisy. But that's exactly what they're saying here. Um, like if the alternative for you, for these people is, all right, well, kids in cages, who cares? Right. Suing to overturn the Affordable Care Act, who cares? The pandemic yeah. ignorance, who cares? If none of that is enough for you to vote for Joe Biden, you're the problem, not the rest of them. Um, and again, the problem with Joe Biden is not that he's like not anti-abortion enough. It's that he's way too moderate. Right. He needs to go way to the left. And by the way, if imagine this, if he actually did moderate moderate his stance on abortion or the dnc did that you're gonna alienate way more progressives who you need in the base to vote yes um because i'm way more worried about the bernie type people not voting than i am sensible moderates who are like all right i don't love this yeah and i'm looking at these numbers again that a max of 17 percent think that abortion should be legal in some or all cases that doesn't so that's like the most votes they could lose if they don't change their their stance but how many of those 17 percent of people are saying it's a deal breaker yeah and what's the trade-off why would you want to court that person at the risk of losing so many women who uh, marched in the women's march and all the people who would be like well if you're not even going to take a stand for the most fundamental rights of women's health care or anything like that why bother i'll stay at home like, yeah, I'm, what, that's what you risk. What fundamental rights are you willing to gamble with? Mm-hmm. Like what, just out of curiosity, like what would, what would they be comfortable gambling with? Like if I said, I don't believe in getting tumors removed because they grow with multiple- lives matter. But, but like, would anybody else be okay? If somebody decides that something is, not okay they don't get to dictate it the small minority does not get to dictate it to the rest of us and if anybody caves on that i would be 
deeply dis. I mean, yeah. not that the D- Democratic Party doesn't disappoint me daily, but right. like, That's my, yeah, they're they disappoint because they don't go hard enough to the left, and that's the battle right now. It's how right. far like Joe Biden is the most moderate candidate you could have chosen, right? But whatever, that's the only realistic option anybody has right, right now. So be it, and then push also, them in your direction. I think it is worth reminding people that for in comparison to 2016 or 2012 or 2008 Joe Biden is real far left in comparison like it is right. the right. most progressive platform we've ever seen is it enough for me not even fucking close but l- at least we're trending in the right direction and right. i to move him more to the right like that is of all the gop policies the democrats should adopt of which i'm hard pressed to think of any this is not one of the priorities. No. This is not like we don't uh, need more Brett Kavanaugh's and Clarence Thomas's on the Supreme Court. You want yeah, more it, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Certainly, if you're a Democrat trying to win over votes, it's like, yeah, we want to replace her with another her. Yeah. And also, this is this files under the subhead of like, read the fucking room, guys. Like, <laughs> we're trying to defeat literal fascists. Could we like fucking chill with your bullshit healthcare? Like, you, this isn't this isn't the time. The stakes are too fucking high right now. This is not even healthcare for them. It's just nope. Force them to give birth. That's what we want. We're Democrats. Like, who are you? You're not even Democrats. No, Um, no, 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 no. And and, like, I hate to no true Scotsman people, but like, sorry if you are not pro-choice, then you are not on my team. How much do you have to hate? every everyone and everything to be a single issue voter in this particular election i am like how many people have to suffer because you want fetuses to survive i mean every day i'm shocked by the pettiness and depravity of the the american public every fucking day I had a friend text me today and she's like, I need you to talk me off a ledge. Donald Trump's not going to win, is he? And I have to like tell her, I wish I could. I can't. Democrats will find a way to blow all of their leads right now. And Trump, I mean, if nothing else, it will be a way closer election than you think. Um, but there's reason for optimism. So I hope I talked her off a ledge. But I'm saying like there's so many more things the Democrats should be doing to Make sure this is a good, comfortable, strategic, like, keep their leads heading into November and all that. But it's hard because Democrats will screw it up because they will do stupid things like listen to this letter or something. Like like you're saying, I should say Biden, no one's responded. Democrats haven't responded. The party uh, Biden hasn't responded. And I doubt anyone will. And I can't imagine anyone would take this letter seriously. I Mm -hmm. hope not. Um, so I don't mind in the sense that, all right, any group has the right to send whatever letter they want. Doesn't mean they deserve a response or that anyone should take it seriously. Uh, but I would be disappointed and somewhat surprised if anyone in power did. Because again, of all the advice they're probably getting from every person ever, Mm -hmm. these are not, this is not advice you need to listen to. Yeah. And honestly, even, um, even outside the Democratic Party, making abortion illegal is not a terribly popular policy anyway. So it's there's no reason 
that this is the war they should be. I mean, whatever, like stand right. for whatever you stand to for. Make even this, it's fucking to make dumb. this election about abortion when right? the world's on fire, like calm down, get Joe Biden elected. Then by all means, you know what? Go crazy and try to persuade him to do your bidding. Um, but we're not there yet. So, you know, mm-hmm. go away right now and try helping instead yeah, of hurting. We, we do not want to be dancing in the 10 yard line on this thing, right? <laughs> Sports metaphors. Hey, Hammond, I have a, another story about sports. Oh, what do you got? Uh, so, have you been following baseball this uh, year? Well, it started yesterday. I'm with so, you there. Yeah, so they're playing in empty stadiums, which is wild. Okay. Yes. Very eerie. Um, but they're still doing some of like the, <laughs> the traditional pop and circumstance. So one of them is traditionally somebody is um, brought in to do the ceremony, ceremonial first pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, what was the, the Yankees and the Nationals, I think, yeah. were playing their opening game. And they invited <laughs> they invited Fauci <laughs> to throw <laughs> the first pitch. And listen, uh, Fauci is doing a lot of good work. He is really trying to keep this country safe. I truly believe that. But boy, oh boy, he should have skipped class once and learned to throw a baseball because it was <laughs> rough fucking no, see, stuff. I saw, I saw the video of that throw and it was a horrible throw. And that made me feel really good because it means he's spending no time throwing a baseball and all of his time somewhere in a lab, you know, or right. doing work on this. Like I'd be frightened if suddenly he knew how to throw a fastball or something. <laughs> Apparently, according to Mikey, Angel Hernandez called it a strike. So, oh, the umpire, nice. There you go. Oh, he's also <laughs> notoriously bad ump. Mikey is telling. Oh. <laughs> this is all coming in on my right. on my producers. Um, um, yeah. But also, I wanted. To- <laughs> um, I heard a lot of jokes like, "Oh, nope, nope." Fauci just wants to make sure no one catches anything. But oh, I'm- yeah. Oh, they're all such good jokes. Like he takes <laughs> no contact very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think he told them to leave that ball sitting on its front porch for two days before picking it up? <laughs> Lots of good jokes. Good. Um, That's the only good thing that came from that game yesterday. <laughs> well, I would argue something. I just moved away from my mic. How do you podcast? Um, I would argue that another interesting and good thing came up in in that uh, the Yankees and uh, Nationals and Dr. Fauci actually um, all knelt before the opening game uh, in support for Black Lives Matter. Suddenly it's not controversial for normal people. Yeah. I want to see, I think Trump said something about how like you ruined the game for me. And I'm like, like you ever fucking watch a game of baseball in your entire fucking life. Throwing out the first pitch for the Yankees game. Which seems like a problem, like, oh, no, they're all going to boo, except there's no one in the stadium. So he can pitch to an audience of nobody. Um, okay, first of all, this is the first time her- I'm hearing it. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think they invited him to throw out the pitch at a Nationals game a couple years ago, and they booed the hell out of him, and that was a story for, like, a minute. I remember um, that but, happening in very but fun. now life. there's no one in the audience, so he's like, yeah, I'll do it now. I don't know why the Yankees invited him. Well, last year at the World, he was at the World Series. He didn't throw out a pitch. Oh, but yeah. He was yeah. just straight up booed when they like showed him, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which true. is great. And, oh, and that he like 
whatever ruined everything. Um, but, uh, but, 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 but anyway, they, they all knelt in a show of, oh my, oh, this is what I was going to say. Isn't it? <laughs> it's so embarrassing that the only time, um, Trump will go out and throw like a ball in front of people is when there's no humans around to like boo him. It's so emperor's new emperor has no clothes. I can't stand yeah. it. I cannot wait to he see. He has to the be in front video. of his base and nobody else. I feel like this this video of Trump throwing a baseball is going to warm the cockles of my cold petty heart. <laughs> I understand it's very ableist to make fun of somebody's you know somebody's ability to throw a ball or whatever but boy oh boy he can't, I can't be wait. worse than fauci right now yeah i can't I, he's gonna do the thing that uh, like do you remember the mayor of dc did a couple times and he like took three steps before the ball <laughs> it's genuinely the most embarrassing thing i've ever Here's seen the thing and, that i don't like he's gonna whatever he does with the ball but then he's gonna say if it doesn't go well like well it was he's gonna when, blame somebody for a stupid ceremonial ritual oh for sure He's going to fucking somehow be a thing. And be like, oh, gravity was heavier on the pitcher's mound today. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, uh, are this... we going to talk about Trump's cognitive test or not? Because you made me watch the video and I regret I it. I did make you watch the video. I don't have anything. To, it's a, That's a test you take if they think you have dementia. That's not something you brag about. It's a simple test. I think yeah. I heard it compared to like, I can walk a straight line because they thought I was driving drunk, but I walked a straight line. So, ha, you don't, don't have to, you don't have to brag about that. Like, yeah, the problem is they wanted you to take that test. Not that you passed it. Like, I, that's not a cause for celebration. You're just supposed to pass it. Um, Sarah Cooper, who's been doing the Trump how-tos. When yeah, she- with lip syncing his voice yeah, this one was particularly good <laughs> about person woman man camera tv like it was extremely good and like oh my god just watch i don't know man i, I told him and i didn't want to watch it because i thought the ex- existential dread would be too much but i insisted that i'm part of the cultural conversation or some shit and i hate you it. must know what everyone's talking about um <laughs> I this happened last week and we didn't get to talk about it, so I had to bring it up. Um, we've talked about the new independent fundamentalist Baptist church that's Stephen Anderson, that's the sort of people who have their little strip mall churches that basically exist to say the worst things imaginable about women, about gay people. Um, and I'll give you an example of it. One of Stephen Anderson's like acolytes is Roger Jimenez who is a California preacher who mm-hmm. a couple of years ago after the pulse nightclub massacre, he basically told his sermon, the real tragedy was quote, that more of them didn't die. Uh, he's also like Anderson, a guy who said gay people should be executed by the government. And if you, yeah. If you ever say he personally uh, is a threat to society he'll say no 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 i I didn't say i would do it i'm saying the government should (laughs) that's basically his out anyway so this guy's a monster um last week he introduced a brand new dating website he's launching a dating website it's called new ifb independent fundamentalist baptist new ifb singles.com 
Um, basically, Ooh, a website, dude. Oh yeah, it's a place for bigots to meet other bigots because Christian mingle is for heretics. Oh. But the here's the most telling part of that website. Um, it says. I want to make sure I get this question right. Let's see if I can do this. They have a question because they want to know some basic things about you. Because you know people are going to try to troll the website. Of course. But he says, tell us what church you belong to because we're going to verify it with your preacher to make sure you attend regular. Okay, fine, whatever. But they don't ask you a lot of questions about yourself. <laughs> they ask you to, like, tell us your salvation testimony. How did you get saved by Jesus? And then here's a question. If you are, if you are male, if you are male, do you have a job? And your options are yes, no, I am a female. This question does not apply to me. Followed by (laughs) next question. If you answered yes to having a job, are you currently able to support a family? Yes. No, I am a female. This question does not apply to me. Like they are very, very clear that women should be homemakers and like, don't you dare have a side job or a job. And men, if you have a job where you can't support a family of 97, like, what are you doing? Go find a job. Um, okay. I know sometimes I focus on the wrong thing. This is definitely one of those times. But all I can think about is how deeply unscalable this app is of like (laughs) Every person that joins, you're going to, like, fucking call their preacher and yes. be like, did yeah. Johnny come to church last week? Like, yes. they are expecting a dating app of four human people. And it's all yeah. going to be There's mad. no critical mass, which makes it an impossible place to meet other people. And I also thought they were very much, I know they're not the Westboro Baptist Church, but I very much thought these were the sort of people that you kind of know all the people in your bubble because there's only a handful of the crazy, like everyone should be put to death sort of people. I'm surprised. I know there are many churches spread out around the country, but I kind of got the impression if there was a young single person, you kind of knew each other already. You don't need the site for that. In a small town. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's not where you meet people. Uh, anyway, Oh my god! And but I don't that like site exists. I kind of adore like very niche dating sites, um, but this might be a little niche bordering on incestuous. Is my concern here? <laughs> yeah. Um, sidebar: yeah. Funny story. I yeah. ran in years ago, maybe five years ago. I ran into a buddy of mine who I went to high school with, um, and he was on a date with a guy he'd met on. I think tinder and then we're talking about online dating he's like the best dates i've ever had have been at farmersonly.com and this guy lived in like fucking lake (laughs) in chicago and it's well done yeah that farmersonly.com is like a secret secret gay hookup site is (laughs) oh man i'm sure those stories exist (laughs) i'm sure christian mingle is like a hotbed of craziness too uh Before we move on, let me give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, Being Reasonable is a new podcast hosted by Mark Solomon in which he invites guests to ask them about just one belief. Like, I believe in extrasensory perception and psychic phenomena, or I believe in the power of healing light, or I believe in the power of dreams. And instead of debating those guests, Mark engages in a series of questions to gauge the reliability of that belief and find out what it might take for the guest to revise the belief. 
So his goal is not to win a debate. It's to get people thinking more clearly about uh, their thought process using what's commonly known as street epistemology. So if that's your bag, Being Reasonable is available wherever you get your podcast. Check it out. And fans of this show especially will really like it. So thank you to Mark and check out Being Reasonable. I wanted to go to this disturbing story from North Dakota, which is where we get all of our news. Did you know Christian Mingle was forced to add uh, options for LGBTQ people on their website? That was a while ago. Yes. I I was wondering if this place had like, and like a sexual identity questions like are they you absolutely or? did not okay that's, that's what i figured and then i just started digging into christian mingle and too now niche of a site. yeah it was too niche of a site to do anything uh so in north dakota they the north dakota republican party sent out its proposed platform to all of its delegates months ago And they said, we need you to basically approve our platform for the party. And so in April, everyone mailed back their approval. It was a 621 to 139 vote. Like they approved it overwhelmingly, not an issue. That is more people than I thought lived in North Dakota. But that is 95% of their delegates. Everyone signed off on this. Well, it turns out this week, someone finally got around to reading it, which no one did. Because I'm going to tell you a few of the things they say in this platform. Here's what's not surprising. They oppose, like, same-sex marriage. Of course they do. They're Republicans. But this is what it said. When it comes to, like, anti-discrimination bills and sexual orientation, gender identity, anti-discrimination laws, they said, uh, here's what we don't like about those bills. Those bills grant protection to voyeurs who wish to prey on members of the opposite sex. They said research has shown that the causes of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender compulsions are primarily developmental and not genetic. In other words, you choose to be all of those things. They said the anti-discrimination laws basically allow gay people to do recruiting for their lifestyles. And they said LGBTQ practices are unhealthy and dangerous and they infect society at large. Oh, that's fun. Like, it's extreme even for Republicans. And this week, it seems like all the prominent North Dakota Republicans are backing away from this thing. Mm -hmm. So you have the party's North Dakota GOP's director saying, we regret any offense caused by the rhetoric and that we would look at amending the language. Uh, There were three, three state senators Uh, Republicans said they stand in solidarity with the LGBT community, LGBTQ community. Uh, The Republican U.S. representative, the one that they have, said we need to do a lot better in response to the resolution. Their senators said they were disappointed. Their U.S. senators said they were disappointed. Even the governor said there is no place for the hurtful and divisive rhetoric in the GOP resolutions, which makes me think he's never heard of his own party. Um, like, here's the problem. That extreme language is not unique to these people. It's not even surprising for North Dakota Republicans. Like, this is basically what the GOP stands for at a national level. This is what Republicans believe. Right. Uh, it's not surprising that they put this in their platform. My guess is no one even noticed because it wasn't that extreme until you kind of pointed out to them. 
they're just like, think, yeah, it sounds pretty right. Do you think right. it's a case of they're saying the quiet part out loud? Like, we always knew yeah. Yeah, that this was part ex- of what we believe in, but, like, we don't write it down because people can accuse us of being horrible bigots. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They wrote it down, and I don't even think any of these Republicans realized they were doing that. They're just like, yep, standard Republican fare right here. So they signed their names to it. Um, And one of the guys, one guy who's the party chairman, uh, defended it by saying the party is, quote, definitely not, unquote, anti-LGBTQ, but he wouldn't comment anymore about the platform. And just to be clear, the actual National Republican Party's platform doesn't use that extreme language, but it does Mm -hmm. say things like traditional marriage is based on one man and one woman, and that's the foundation for a free society. Um, and we do not accept the Supreme Court's redefinition of marriage. Like, they say all the same type of stuff without using the, like, blunt force direct mm-hmm. language. Um, but, yeah, just to be... And by the way, also in the North Dakota GOP's platform, because I was looking through it when I was looking at this thing, they also support the posting of the Ten Commandments, which says you should die if you do any of those things on that list. It says abstinence only sex education is the only way to go. It says we should teach creationism. Um, Like that's hard. The anti LGBTQ stuff is bad, but like everything they support is bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I'm very interested that that's some people's breaking points. Like that's what it took you. This like overt language, even though, Y'all believe that. Y'all stand for it. Ugh, I don't know. It's... Yeah. Okay. National GOP ended up doing something very similar then. So this is from the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is Ben Carson is running that one. But basically, they want to make sure trans people can't get into homeless shelters right now because this is the Republican priority here. Um, but they issued a set of guidelines to federally funded homeless shelters and they basically say this, you you need to basically say no to trans people who come through your doors. Mm-hmm. But they were also very clear about like, well, how do you know someone transgender is coming through your door? Because like, if they don't tell you, how would you know? So they put out a list of ways you could tell someone is trans by looking at them. And I'm directly quoting. This is so fucked. Yeah, this is directly from their guidance. Factors such as height, the presence, but not the absence, of facial hair, the presence of an Adam's apple, and other physical characteristics which, when considered together, are indicative of a person's biological sex. Basically saying, if you want to know someone's trans, just look at them. You'll figure it out. (sighs) Besides the bigotry inherent in that, it also allows them to say, man, you look a little masculine, even if you're a cisgender woman. Oh, yeah. So we're just going to assume you're trans and then kick you out, too. Like, not everyone falls into these traditional stereotypes uh, that they seem to think everyone falls into. It's the same. Again, we can mock North Dakota all we want, but this is the GOP at a national level. This is what the government's doing. Right. I... I don't know, man. I, I I feel like I run out of things to say about about the rights attack and even some people on the left's attack of trans people and their validity because it's just sort of the same bullshit over and over of 
well, trans women are women, A, B, it's literally none of your business how a person was born. Like, I don't know, man. Like, what, what else am I supposed to What else are we supposed to say to these people? How on earth could anyone vote for this party anywhere on any ballot for any level? I don't know. And I'm going back to the pro-life Democrats here. Like, how much do you have to hate other people mm-hmm. to say to Democrats, you know, this this is important enough that you need to change everything you're doing because what? Otherwise, you're going to vote for this bigotry. Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. I, I'm ex- I expect the Republicans to be awful and evil and cruel. But for anyone at this point, this is what you're defending. This is what I don't get about the the handful of atheists and they are they're out there who mm-hmm. say, "Yep, I'm a proud Republican. I'm a conservative. This is what you're supporting. It's just bigotry and hate." Like I'm not saying atheism is tied to one party, uh, but I am saying like if you care, you don't care about any of this stuff if you're voting for this party. Well, and it's under the guise of protecting people when it is directly attacking the most vulnerable among us. Mm-hmm. Like this is literally targeting trans homeless women. Like, th- who, like straight. Who white- needs more help than yeah, that? Yeah, right white dudes don't need protection from accidentally misgendering somebody in their head for a second. Like, get the fuck over it. Like, mm-hmm. get over yourself. Get like that's the thing is get over your fucking self. What you think of how somebody is or how they present themselves or how they identify could not have anything less to do with you. The idea that we're worried about what trans women in women's bathrooms with kids, that is a nonsense thing. It's a thing that's literally never happened, but like white dudes are out here killing people, kidnapping women right and fucking left. And nobody's like, maybe we should just ban men. That's platform I'm running on. Ban white men. You have my vote. Yeah. Um, But Mike, you'll understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is here. I'll give you a fun one for a minute. Uh, There is a Texas state representative, Jonathan Stickland, uh, who came to my attention for the first time a year ago because he yelled at a, a doctor who was testifying in the Texas legislature. And Stickland, a Republican, said vaccines were sorcery. Not making that up. That's his position. He's an elected official. Anyway, here's what he said on Twitter today. I'm going to quote this exactly. Uh, And I just want to keep in mind, this is what he's doing while Texas is among the states most ravished by COVID right now. This is what he's focusing on. If aliens are real... Salvation, salvation, (laughs) if aliens are real, salvation through Jesus Christ is the only way they enter heaven. That's it. That's what this guy's up to. Are fully delusional. Like, first of all, if aliens are real, there are bigger things going on than whether they're going to get into heaven. If aliens are real, maybe we're not special and all the stuff about God put us here, God created us on this planet, none of that is real because he has a secret family in the galaxy no one knew about. Of colonizers going into like Asia or Africa and being like, hey, uh, we just introduced this concept of organized religion on you. By the way, if you don't do this thing, 
you're going to burn in hellfire. Mm-hmm. And that is a wild enough thing because like, what the fuck does somebody in, you know, in Africa give a fuck about your dumb belief. <laughs> But imagine being an alien and landing <laughs> on an entire new planet and you get there and the people are like, oh, you need to uh, pledge your support to this thing that we can't prove exists. Nobody has ever seen who's living now. <laughs> <laughs> in all really weird, arbitrary rules, even in the best of circumstances. Otherwise, this bad thing is going to like you pack <laughs> the fuck up and go. Right, if you you would put a big over Earth, like nothing (laughs) happened there. In any dream that involves aliens coming to visit, I I don't think I've ever encountered them. And like, what would you say to the aliens if they came here? My first thought would never be, how do I convert them to my religion? Like, how selfish and cocky do you have to be to think this is what they need to hear from me? I mean, ostensibly, if aliens have made it to earth that means they have either are so long lived that they've been able to travel light years yeah they're way more advanced than our species yeah or they've developed light speed travel and i feel like either of those things are going to be a more useful conversation to have than (laughs) have you seen this bearded white guy jake he wasn't really (laughs) white but here i have a really cool and not boring book for you to read before you (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here's a book. Why don't you read this and then come talk to me? I the only I want him I want this guy to lose an election, except he's not running for re-election. And that's probably because in twenty eighteen he won by like a hair, even after some comfortable victories. Oh, he's not okay, I see what you mean. He's not running because I think he knows he's gonna lose. And so he's Um, like, I'm going to step down because I want to quote, dedicate more time to my family, my church, and my business. I just so I mean, just, I I cannot stop thinking about this thing of, like, aliens. Like, ostensibly, they learned English, and then we're going to hand them the Bible. And they're like, this isn't really English. We're like, no, no, it's not. And we don't (laughs) have random words when we're typing either. But And you may want to skip the weird parts, you know. skip the second (laughs) Genesis, because (laughs) that one we haven't been able to sort of mesh with the First, we like the Eve one. We don't like Lilith one. (laughs) By the way, I just want to say this to anyone who's ever had self-doubts about running for office, because you're like, maybe I'm not qualified. Maybe I'm not smart enough. You are, because this guy is an elected state representative who I assure you has never had self-doubts about anything. If you listen to this podcast, it means you are either scientifically minded or open to scientific accuracy you can listen to a human woman and a person of color talk i think those are the only two qualifications i'm looking for at this point because apparently (laughs) that is the bar that we still have to clear on the national level yeah right like Uh, if you can listen to me talk and not actively scream at me then like you're better off than yo-yo ma or whatever the uh the senator was who called aoc a bit yo-ho uh, I'm yes. going to stick with Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah, I there you um, go. How much do you know about the 1619 Project? So the New York Times released that last year, what mm-hmm. saying like it's the 400th anniversary of slavery. Of um, the first arrival slave- of Africans in Virginia. Yes. Sorry, I was thrown off because Joe Biden says he'll select his running mate in a few days. Ooh, is that I don't know. What, I, I, no. 
it's I think it's just give me money. Um anyway, 1619 project. Yes, when the first slave ships came to America and that is kind of the foundation of our country and we should look at it that way, right? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's basically a reexamining of of you know the first I don't know 2 300 years of of our country's existence which was built primarily on the unpaid labor of of black enslaved people and for people who I've been I read it when it came out and one of the things you take away from that is um I've heard some criticism like, well, you you ignored you're putting too much slavery into the American Revolution. Like that wasn't the ultimate proximate cause of it or whatever. But when I read it, what I took away from it is this is baked into our country, slavery itself. You can't talk about how our country was founded, how it was built, how it became Mm -hmm. prosperous without really taking into account the effect that slavery had on it. And it was a lot of articles written by historians and columnists and people who study this stuff saying this is the impact it had on all these different areas. So that's the 1619 project. And I think it's interesting that the criticism of one of the criticisms is that it places places too much emphasis on the importance of on slavery and how it shaped our country. Whereas right now we put zero emphasis on it until we get up to like the civil war. And then we, you know, argue about states rights versus right to slavery. Mm. Um, so just shining a light on it, period is so important. Um, the, uh, the product creator is Hannah, excuse me, Nicole, Hannah Jones. She won the, uh, 2020 Pulitzer for this. Um, it's a, it's a really, really cool project. And there are pushes to include it in some, um, in some high school curriculum curricula yeah that's it <laughs> i don't know latin plural um and our good friend tom cotton from arkansas put a uh, a bill out recently to cut off fen- federal funding to public uh public schools that teach the 1619 project so so a Republican says, let's make sure schools suffer more if they try to educate their kids with something we're not already teaching them enough about. Yeah. And also, if if like y'all, if the GOP is going to put somebody in charge of diminishing the importance of slavery, maybe not a guy from a white guy from Arkansas named Tom fucking cotton. Like <laughs> who, who said we should send the military in to stop these protests. And then they friggin' did that. Yeah. Um, so he called, Oh my God. I genuinely, nothing makes me more angry than how the GOP, um, titles things because they sure called it. Saving American History Act of 2020. <laughs> like, Jesus fucking Christ. The people who think David Barton is a good historian are the ones who think who think they're saving history. There you go. Because I, I saw, like, oh, some historians were criticizing it, and I was just, like, Control-F trying to find David Barton's name, because that's, that's got his... Yeah, I'm surprised. Seriously. Um, um and I, said uh, the New York Times 1619 project is a racially divisive revisionist account of history that denies the noble prin- principles of freedom and equality on which our nation was founded, which 
L at like every fucking word. If history that. is badly written, then it needs to be revised, which is what this does. Like, call me an idiot for studying literature, but at least I can read a sentence like all men are created equal and do the tiniest bit of thinking and contextualizing because they were literally talking about men. They were talking about white men. They were talking about white land owning men. Like that, that's that sentence does not carry the weight that they think it does. And that's like, it's okay to, it's okay to put, to admit that, our founding fathers were flawed or had bad, um, had terrible points of view. Like, I think like there's just something going on today on Twitter. You are having a conversation today on Twitter. I saw about like, Oh, if Christopher Hitchens was alive today, yeah, David Brooks of the New York times said Christopher Hitchens was a contrarian. He said a lot of unpopular things and he would have been canceled is basically what David Brooks was saying, which is a stupid thing. Hitchens was a good writer, so he wouldn't have had a problem keeping his job. And also whatever, if he said stupid things, let him be criticized for it. Like, yeah, I think people's understanding of how most of us, most of us do not treat human beings like they're black and white, like saying like good and evil or this guy's bad. So whatever is a pointless way to look at your life. Like if George Washington were alive today, he'd be canceled because he owned other human beings, Mm -hmm. but he also did important things to found our country in whatever way. Like you cannot, say somebody is purely good or purely evil, especially in comparison with like, if so-and-so are alive today, because man, I read shit that I wrote. God, when I was writing for you in 2012 and I don't necessarily agree with everything I said then. like, right. We, we as humans, as individuals and as a society evolve to, you know, pick up new world understandings and adding it to our own and and being better people five years ago, 10 years ago, I did not have an understanding of trans rights, but I wouldn't hold, I wouldn't say, well, Jessica in, you know, in, in 2010 said something ignorant about trans people. I, I have spent the last 10 years learning more and adjusting my worldview. Like, it's just so unfair to say that somebody's opinion then should be dismissed. It's just, it's just bullshit, I think. Um, but I think it's very, very fascinating that these, I, I guess I don't understand Republicans who have to think that America is the best and America is perfect. Otherwise you hate America. Like you can, like or love or respect something and still want it to want to see the person in their, in all of their flaws. Like they live in a very black and white world. Everything has there. There's no room for nuance in those, a lot of the conservative positions period. So the idea that, uh, and a writer has, has to be either fully accepted without criticism Mm -hmm. or only criticism they find valid um, or ign- whatever, ignored or something like, no, you can just say like Hitchens, for example. No, he said a lot of stupid shit. He said the Iraq war was a good idea. He said women can't be funny. Like you can criticize him. He didn't say everything good. Yeah, it, It's fine. Go criticize him. 
we've had this conversation with fucking Dawkins about Dawkins. Oh like, my god, yeah. He has said some like terrible shit, but he also wrote some books that like changed people's lives. So you you get it's just like okay, the I, whole cancel culture argument on that front is just absurd because it seems like they are they can't handle criticism when it's like loud and vocal and they basically are right uh about the criticism well also this sort of weird thing about like using cancel culture as a boogeyman is similarly confusing because like that's the flip side of that is what people should never be never have consequences for what they do or say like Louis C.K. got canceled because he full-on sexually assaulted people. Like, at what point are we okay with that? And, like, allow people to grow or change and uh, admit they're wrong. But, like, if you have the J.K. Rowlings of the world who keep doubling down on their terrible beliefs, like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to contribute to her anymore. And you can't... Society didn't tell me what to do. I read this, what this woman said about trans people and decided like, no, I don't like that. And I don't want to be part of it. I, I don't know. I just, anyway, the point is the fact that they're so like, these it people is worth, are, it is worth pointing out that Tom Cotton is one of the people who has defended that whole idea of yes, cancel culture is horrible, horrible. And yet his whole thing that you're talking about with the 1619 project is what new ideas that I don't agree with. I don't like, Nope, get rid of it. Otherwise we're going to hold a threat over all the public schools. Yeah. Like what? that's cancel culture. Me not yeah. liking your articles is not cancel culture. Yeah. And I guess like, you know, if you, I don't know, like if you love something, if you love something the way these like these Republican senators have a fucking boner for the United States, if you love something that much, you should be able to accept criticism even in, in modifying like I love my husband. But if somebody said like he is a bad cook, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he sure fucking is. <laughs> that doesn't mean I love him less. It just means I that is part of who he is and who I accept as a person. If I needed him to cook, um, it doesn't matter. That got off the rails. But <laughs> it's just really wild to me that they think denying that slavery was like what as big a problem as we think it was. Like what, what constitu- Yeah, what does Tom Cotton get out of that? Yeah, what constituency constituency are they courting? By saying, I can tell you Tom Cotton is courting the 2024 Republican voters. Like that's his shtick. Yeah, you think he's is he Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. He wants he wants to be president. Like I don't like, think that's a surprise. He looks like a racist ghost. So Republican. Yeah. Like he's courting that base already. He wants the Trump voters and he wants to say it in nicer words than Trump does. Yeah. Like I just just a denial of history is just completely wild to me like maybe it's because i was a lit major and when you're reading primarily old dead white dudes guess what they had problematic problematic shit to say but you so you have to incorporate that with what they wrote like you it's just everything has context everything needs to be I don't know. I I, ju- I just am confused. I think that's all it is. I'm confused why I say, "Hey, slavery or country was built with slaves and by slaves," 
maybe we should talk about that. And someone say, no. <laughs> like, wh- what? Yeah. What's he afraid kids are going to learn? Oh, no, slavery was bad. Can't learn that. That's like, even something that they push back against. Like, yeah. remember when those textbooks came out and they called somebody called them like African workers? And it's like, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, don't whitewash the the horror of the whole system. Yeah, I just don't understand it. Um, That's the thing with Trump too. They can't admit he did anything wrong. That mm-hmm. like it's, it's almost like a. I mean, it's exactly like a cult, but like. There's just this through line of a lack of nuanced thinking by people on the right that you can't say, um, I love this country. I truly believe it's the greatest country in the world. However, we've had a problematic past. However, like the FBI wrote MLK a letter telling him to kill himself. Like you can't you have to be able to hold these two things together. Otherwise, the slightest crack in the facade is going to send the whole thing crumbling down. That's what's going on with Trump. They can't admit a single thing he does or says is wrong because it's a house of cards. And as soon as they do that, they have to admit that he's not perfect. And if he's not perfect, then holy shit, he's putting kids in cages (laughs) about person, woman, man, TV, camera. Like, I, I, I don't know. I... I don't know, man. Like, I guess knowledge is my moral is knowledge is. Don't worry. You'll have, you'll have four more years to work this out when he wins again. You, uh, I have one last story for you. This is a fun one. Uh, the satanic temple has launched a scholarship program, which in and of itself is not news. Every organization does something like this, but I did enjoy the specifics of the devil's advocate scholarship for a couple of reasons. One is, it doesn't have to be used at a college. They said any educational pursuit will do if you win. Use it for whatever you want. They also said, you you can always write an essay that shows how your values are consistent with theirs. That's that's an option. They also said you could do a work of art or a film or whatever the hell you want. Like, right. they don't care. But then they said, another option, if you want to apply for the scholarship, I'm going to quote this. Please discuss and describe in detail any one of the teachers who crushed your spirit, undermined your self-confidence, and made you hate every minute you were forced to be in school. Whoa. (laughs) Tell us about someone who hurt your education growing up, and we'll reward you so you can get a real education, in a sense. So that's a $500 scholarship. Uh, It's at the Satanic Temple's website, and you have until August 31st to apply. I don't think there's an age on that one, but theoretically, you are in high school or college or something. But uh, I was amused. Example of somebody who ruined education for you? I got really lucky. I had some I didn't love, like some history teachers that I'm like, I'm very bored in this class. But by and large, I got lucky. I had a lot of really awesome ones. Yeah. But um, I only got sent to the principal by one (laughs) seventh grade English teacher who did not care for my whole brand, which was similar Uh, to what I have now. But I got sent to the (laughs) in high school. I got sent to the principal's office one time or I had to have a meeting with him because I was an editor for the school paper. And I wrote an article about how our push to get kids to take more AP tests had led to more failures, which was accurate. (laughs) <laughs> and I think I said it led to mixed results because, yes, more kids took and passed AP tests, but we also had a hell of a lot more failures. And he was very angry that I suggested it was mixed. <laughs> and, like, I had to have the sponsor for the newspaper come with me to the oh principal's office God. to defend me. 
Um, good times. That oh, was. I, wish I had some of that dope. Mine was just like I was sassing the the teacher. I will. I will tell you my highlight of working for the school paper is I was I had to write articles about clubs at the school. And there was an article about chess club. How do you make that fun and interesting? Well, I will tell you, uh, there was a song by the group Prodigy called Firestarter when we were in high school. And so playing on the name, on a lyric in that song, I titled the the headline for that article about chess club was Smack My Bishop. And the school, (laughs) the sponsor for the paper said, you can't use that. And I said, why? It's funny. And he said, eventually I got this out of him. He's like, he thought it was slang for masturbation. <laughs> and myself and all the other kids on the staff were like, no, that's not what it means. It's a lyric from this song that you've never heard of. And he's like, fine. <laughs> and so we got to keep it in, which is actually way worse because the actual lyric in the song is not any better. Thank you. You got it. You got there before me. I thought yes. I was to lecture you on why that's a problematic phrase, yeah. which I use a lot in during one of the Hawks, the Blackhawks Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh-huh. Yeah, the opposing goalie for somebody was Bishop. And we always did like, FX, match my Bishop, smack my Bishop. And like, that's one of the things that I write that I'm like, ooh, this is right. <laughs> um, I have a weird little personal story for you that this weekend, if anyone is listening on Sunday, I will be a guest host on the Atheist Experience with Dillahunty. Lucky. Uh, so, yay. Stay tuned. Tune in for that if you're interested. It's a one-time thing. I'm just popping in. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, otherwise, where do we find you? Um, wait, I'm going to read a leave oh, us a review. Um, if you, we still have to watch that fucking, um, Kirk Cameron, Cameron movie. movie. We're doing that soon. Okay. It's hard because my kids, I never know when they're home or not. So it's hard to schedule it with you because if they're around, nothing's getting done. <laughs> um, we're only recording this now because they're not here right now. So yeah, haven't. <laughs> I at like 11 I was like can when do you want to record today usually he's like I don't know tonight sometime and he's like can you do an hour I was like well this is my second day of work on a new gig so I guess I'm due to take Done. hours off of work yes. um so this is from silly babs 2570 amazing podcast I love your podcast you guys are amazing and brutally honest which I love which I love keep up the great work oh thank, thank you, you babs somebody who I'm assuming is named Barbara and just celebrated her 50th birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at blueberry B L U E B U R I E. I'm at Hemant Meta or go to friendly atheist.com. Yeah. From, uh, you can email us at friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. Check out merch on our store. Um, my Etsy shop is bitches get stitched done. Um, I, I'm doing a lot of custom work for listeners. Thank you guys. And if you want to listen to more of me, you can either check out our Patreon for $3 a month. You will have access to mm, 5,000 bonus episodes. <laughs> um, most of which are me and my husband discussing various movies that we've seen recently. And we just, Oh, 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 I don't want to want to say so this month, my husband has not been watching any movies directed by white men. And so we watched um, Inside Man, which is a Spike Lee movie ah. from 2006. Holy shit, that movie is good. Holy shit, it's so good. And I tried to convince him it was child-friendly because they only said cunt once. 
So anyway, I don't think I saw that one. But um, Mikey and I did a God. We probably talked for like two hours about that one. It was just it was so much fun to talk about a good movie because we have watched some stinker. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you can get that there. And also my husband and I are, um, have launched a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, I guess now, um, Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. We're rewatching the show Twin Peaks and discussing each episode. Um, and it's been a lot, a lot of fun. My husband was a film major, so he always has like interesting insights on the filmmaking aspects where I tend to focus more on language and character development and such anyway that's all the words i'm gonna say this is so weird now i have to go back to work like usually we have fun we usually we finish this and it's like late afternoon early evening and i can just go down now i have to write copy about furniture and it just feels really low stakes Um, i'm saying add in code words no one will ever know (laughs) all right uh we'll We'll talk to you next week. next week bye